0: Welcome to the Brain Coffee Podcast, where doctors Eric Luthard and Albert Kim unlock life's little mysteries about health, wellness, entertainment, technology, and how the brain makes sense of it all. Sit back, relax, and open up your mind. Well, David, thanks for joining us at uh, Brain Coffee. I mean, yeah, it's, thank it's, you very much. Yeah, it's yeah. Just the two of us just kind of y- yammering away. But again, it's a real <laughs> pleasure to basically have you here given your busy schedule and, and all the research you do so thanks very much
1: Yes, yeah, thank great. you it's such a nice local place That's awesome well, well definitely you know
0: place. the kolaches don't forget to get a kolache <laughs> yeah, they're good they're, they're, they're filling yeah right so what are we uh, no please yeah, go. yeah you know you're obviously a expert you know really one of the world-renowned experts in alzheimer's at the highest level could you give the briefest summary of kind of you know
1: where you think we are today when we think about alzheimer's yeah the lay of the land i think yeah. that would be yeah. that would yeah. be useful yeah, you know, I, I think there's been sort of a revolution in our understanding about Alzheimer's in the last twenty years, especially the last ten. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to think of it as when people began to develop memory loss and mm-hmm. and other changes mm-hmm. that, that was the disease. Mm-hmm. And of course, that is; those are the manifestations of the disease. Mm-hmm. But it turns out, I think the biggest uh, thing which is really important for developing treatments is that the disease starts in the brain about 20 years before the symptoms start. Wow. And because of that, I mean, that, that is, and we can now detect those changes as they're occurring mm-hmm. with different tests. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's setting the stage where now there are actually trials of new treatments in people that are normal cognitively normal mm-hmm. who have the manifestations of the disease in the brain so that we can actually try to delay the disease or prevent it and that that's that's mm-hmm. really huge now that's there's nothing exciting. yet that we have that's approved but i think that's where really things are moving so mm-hmm. what what
0: are the things you can see 20 years before anything clinical happens
1: what are the... Yeah the first things that we can see at least by some imaging techniques mm-hmm. and by looking at the spinal fluid is that amyloid this protein that normally is made by all of us, which is floating around, Mm. Mm -hmm. it starts to clump up. And you can see that beginning about 20 years before symptoms, it starts to build up.
0: Now this amyloid protein, is it, again, you know more about this than I do, but amyloid is really kind of almost like the output of like neurons being busy, right? Like so as neurons are active, they produce amyloid naturally, right?
1: They produce it naturally, except it's it's in a state where it's just, freely soluble meaning it uh-huh. it it's like dissolving sugar in your coffee right, it, right, right. it dissolves right but when uh, the disease starts the the it comes out of solution and clumps up and uh-huh. so it's a different conformation uh-huh. of the I see, uh-huh. uh-huh. see. see. that's totally the same sequence but a I different uh, conformation I have, say my my casual way of thinking about it, I kind of think it is neuron poop
0: you know what I mean like you know and basically right, right. that like basically you, your neurons right. poop they poop out the amyloid and just you know for whatever reason you can't flush the toilet
1: anymore. and then this toilet gets stuck and you know? and can't then, like, clear it out yeah, exactly so, poop, it's
0: kind of stinky but the right.
1: poop is right. different you're saying right the poop is changing right right it's not, right. It's, not poop. it's not right, right that's right <laughs> it's see. a little different do you see this in other disorders this this stuff yeah. plumbing up the brain yeah. the same amyloid protein builds up in Alzheimer's disease, but it also accumulates in a related condition where it builds up in the blood vessels, amyloid angiopathy, oh, right, right. and that you know is a you guys see in your practices. Right, right. I mean, it causes hemorrhages. Break. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. Um, but there are other amyloids, other sequences of proteins mm-hmm. that form what we call an amyloid structure that also affect brain. They're le- they're less hmm. common, um, and of course, this occurs. Amyloidosis occurs systemically, the systemic amyloidosis, and that. Uh, it was where things build up in the heart or right. the kidney, right. Right. or right, that's right. right. Yeah. and that's for those are pretty common. That's actually. interesting. I see. Sometimes in the nerve.
0: Now, is there a relationship between amyloid and depression? Because I've, I've recently heard that people are starting to treat uh, um, Alzheimer's with antidepressant drugs.
1: There's there's sort of two things with depression. Uh-huh. One is that um, a fair number of people. Will begin to develop depression mm-hmm. as their first manifestation of disease. Oh, I that's see. one thing. But the other thing that's been found by uh, people at WashU actually is that some antidepressants lower the production of amyloid huh. in the brain. So, oh, that's interesting. So, it might it might get at the cause of it as well to some extent? Correct. Right. Like, so one of the main treatments being developed are things that inhibit the production of amyloid in a very specific way. What well, turns out, uh, some antidepressants do the same thing, not as strong as, mm-hmm. as a specific mm-hmm. inhibitor, but well, that's really interesting. Yeah.
0: Now, but again, amyloid is you know, again, I think we've been totally interrupting him. We should probably let the expert speak. But like, oh yeah, you know, that, no, no. You know, apologize. Right. Yeah. But uh, you know, amyloid is, I guess, you know, one part of the protein story right you know like i guess right, you know, right. there's
1: also tau and everybody loves to talk about tau as it relates right. to
0: sports injuries
1: and right, stuff like right. that maybe CTE, it's right. Good. right. Brief, brief. well one we, i've heard a lot of people um, give the analogy that amyloid kind of is the is the the gun of Alzheimer's disease it uh-huh. starts the whole thing mm. but it and, and that tau is the bullet that actually is causing the damage. Oh, and I think there's a lot of, there's a strong evidence that that's the case. Now that we have neuroimaging that you can see tau accumulating mm-hmm. in the last two, three years, we've been able to see that as wherever tau is building up the poop of the brain, another okay. kind of poop, wherever tau is accumulating, that's where the symptoms are. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. If, you, if it starts in the part of the brain that controls memory, you get memory loss. As it, as it spreads to other areas that affect language, then you get language abnormalities. It's really, really compelling. Wow. Um, and the brain shrinks in the areas that tau accumulates. So it, it really is the damaging molecule of the disease. I see. It's the most... Dis- but what, what, what's the relationship between the, the, the beta amyloid and the tau, yeah. then? How do they, how do they communicate yeah. with each other? So, so there's two things. One is that we know from lots of studies that amyloid... Causes the tau pathology to get a lot worse. Hmm. It drives it. What we don't know is how it does that. So I a see. lot of researchers are now trying to figure out how is amyloid interacting I with see. tau. I see. So
0: maybe in a bigger blue sky, you know, question is: is let's say that we can, you know, kind of reduce beta amyloid, and um, let's once the damage is done,
1: is it reversible? No one knows. Um, I hope I hope it is, but I think uh, it's much more realistic to think if you hit it before the damage uh-huh. is done that that's where you're really going to have a big impact. Right. It's so just I like it's think so of so it's a- I think of it a lot like atherosclerosis, right? Huge huge decreases in heart attacks and strokes mm-hmm. because now our cholesterol, we can lower our cholesterol, mm-hmm. we can control our blood pressure, and we have markers. And you measure cholesterol. Mm-hmm. If it's too high, you get on a statin or right. you right. exercise more. You do other things. Mm-hmm. Same thing I think will be for this. I, I don't think you know, we're going to probably have to diagnose it before you're symptomatic mm-hmm. and start getting on the treatments that, mm-hmm. you know, prevent the buildup from getting worse.
0: I, I guess my, this is just my sci-fi mind going into overdrive <laughs> is that, uh, uh, you know, there's these uh, researchers, again, in the, in the brain-computer interface, based making like what are called hippocampal chips. Have you heard about these things?
1: No, no, no. I haven't heard of this. So thing, yeah. uh,
0: at USC, they now have a replacement for a mouse hippocampus. Basically, quite literally, you put, you put this you know chip. You put the wires and they, they they remove a portion of the hippocampus uh-huh. and they put wires in one side and wires in the other side, and they have the, the signals go through the hip, this chip, right. and then basically it allows it allows for restoration of memories for that. Oh uh, wow, wow. That uh, mouse. Oh, right? that's interesting. It's this guy um, Ted Berger, and um, he really does some amazing that's stuff. That's a cool
1: idea because you'd think you know higher order processing is not. Through the hippocampus, that that's just it's just a conduit to that's allow right. things to, like memory to happen. That's right, yeah, yeah. So if you could replace that conduit, yeah. yeah. So um,
0: so there is, and they have these mouse demonstrations that it's possible. So that's why I was, you know, kind of just. Huh. That's
1: interesting, but, you know. but the hippocampus is one of the uh, parts of the brain earliest affected. One of the earliest affected. It's de- it's Alzheimer's. one of the earlier sure. affected areas. But one of the things I always like to when I see patients who mm-hmm. have are developing Alzheimer's disease. Memory is not the only thing affected. So right. it, it is certainly prominent early, mm-hmm. but it's not the only thing. Even early on, you almost always see executive dysfunction. So trouble with uh, it would be like multitasking I see. issues. Mm-hmm. And I see. But, but yeah, no, it is certainly a prominent early, early finding.
0: I see.